0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for sportingnews.com. Come to the site now, get everything you need week nine rankings, sleepers, busts, my stardom, sit em column with the rankings in there, the tough calls there for your light up. We have a Thursday night look there at the Jets, Colts. If you need an in depth breakdown of that, we did that. Yesterday on Matchup Wednesday, because that's the first game of the week. We're going to get through all the games of the week here, Sunday night, Monday night, to take care of the back end of primetime, as well as uh, a couple of marquee games there in the 4.25 p.m. Eastern time window on Sunday. So we'll get through the back half of games here. We had uh, 14 games on the slate, so we took care of seven, and we'll do the other seven here on Matchup Thursday for you in depth to really look at where you want to go with your players, some things you need to know with the situations involving all the teams here. So that's what we do. No nonsense to the point. Breaking it all down for you, looking at all aspects of every game. Thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available for you on all platforms. I'm also proud to say this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by McDonald's. Probably serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. Big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Alright, let's uh, dive into the back half of these games here. We'll start with the Falcons at the Saints. It's a six-point spread in favor of the Saints. Big win last week at home. Same spot in New Orleans against the Buccaneers as underdogs. Pretty strong favorites here in a division game. Six points. 41.5, however, is the over-under here. So not expecting a lot of points in this one. So pretty low. Let's start with the Falcons side of things here. It's brittle. Calvin Ridley is going to miss another game. Again, good luck to whatever he's uh, dealing with here off the field. But it really puts a crimp in this Falcons offense. you got Tajay Sharp now as potentially your best receiver. Russell Gage a little bit more banged up now with a growing injury. You have Olamide Zaccheaus, so it's pretty messy. Really, Cordell Patterson is the offensive weapon. So if he's got wide receiver running back eligibility, which he should have in a lot of leagues, he's their best wide receiver, and he's their best running back at this point. So really ugly there. If you're desperate, you can play sharp. But keep in mind, you have Marshawn Lattimore on the other side. This team does give up some numbers in the slot. We saw that to Chris Godwin last week, and they have Lattimore outside, so... Maybe Zacchaeus can get going if they give him a few more opportunities here, but really tough there. What I think they'll probably do is put Kyle Pitts in the slot here and hope that the tight end can produce here. Overall, the Saints are pretty good against tight ends. We saw that last week, and Rob Gronkowski couldn't stay healthy in that one. He got back spasms after he came back from his ribs injury. So maybe the Saints weren't tested as much, but in the middle of the field, they can be exploited. And I think, again, because of Zacchaeus and the limitations there of the Falcons' wide receiver core without Ridley. I think they have to look at Pitts more that hybrid role. So Pitts should get a lot of attention, but moving him inside is going to help there to avoid the tougher matchup. You could also see Lattimore try to line up against Pitts at some point, so you got to keep expectations low for Pitts, because he's going to be the center of attention of all teams, just like TJ Hawkinson has become here for the Lions, and it's going to have to take some volume, and scheming them open, moving around the formation to get him going, and Really just throwing to him often is going to do that. So that's going to happen. Kyle Pitts is going to get that. But I can't expect a big game for Pitts. I'm thinking something like 6 for 70 there. Uh, maybe a smaller chance for a touchdown in this one. But yeah, he's the only Falcon viable other than quarter L. Patterson in this offense. You can't play Matt Ryan. I know Tom Brady put up the numbers last week, but he had three turnovers. We know Ryan doesn't have as many sources to put up the numbers and could have the messy turnovers here. So... Matt Ryan now kind of jettisoned in a lot of leagues because of No Ridley really dwindling here in the Falcons' passing game. So that changed everything. I think they were right on track offensively, but you don't have a legitimate number one receiver and you have a big drop-off to your next guys and you rely on the tight end. There's not going to be a lot that we can hang our helmet on here in the passing game. So Patterson, you look at usual play as in RB2 slash flex here. He just gets it done every week. Pitts, more of a back-end, tight-end one still there because of the landscape of the position, but something to keep in mind. And the Saints defense, a very good play this week. They really came through against the Buccaneers. They're still available in a lot of leagues, which is surprising. Maybe they've been a little up and down, haven't had the big fantasy numbers. They've been really good in reality. But last week was the first week with the pick six there. It's Tom Brady since week one where they really kicked in high gear. So pretty impressive that... The Saints have big wins over the Packers and Buccaneers, so that's why we can't like Ryan, that's why we can like the Saints defense. Now, the big thing we're watching for the Saints is who's going to start a quarterback here. If Taysom Hill's cleared from the concussion protocol, he was limited here early in the week, which is a good sign because he didn't practice the previous two times he had a chance to play. He should be on track here to start against the Falcons, he's had good success. He had a start against them last year, very productive as a rusher there, so... Really, Taysom Hill changes everything. If it's Trevor Simmons, you feel a little bit better about the wide receivers. The big news we got this week was Michael Thomas has shut himself down, and the Saints were doubtful he could return, but now he's not playing for yet another season. So all his Michael Thomas hopes went out the window. You had Deontay Harris back. You have Marcus Callaway. Traquan Smith scored last week. So I think if you have Taysom Hill in there, it's really going to hurt the value of all these players. It's more by committee there with those three wide receivers, and you have the tight ends involved. So it's a little bit messy there with the Saints. And we can hope that Alvin Kamara stays involved. Last year when Hill was the starting quarterback, it kind of cut into Kamara because Hill would pilfer some rushing yards and some rushing scores there away from him. So I look at Taysom Hill being a high-floor guy because of his running ability. And that's, you know, the, Sean Payton and the Saints are not going to shy away from Taysom Hill if he's there and going to give us the full Taysom here. Maybe chance to throw a ball downfield. You just don't know who's going to be the other side. Callaway's been really limited, other except for one game this year with Jameis Winston. They just are not interested in throwing to the wide receivers. And again, it's spread all around here. So they want to win with running game and defense. And you saw this point total here, forty-one and a half. You don't expect a lot of resistance from the Falcons. So I wouldn't expect a lot of running. So I think it's a Hill and Kamara game pretty much here. Mark Ingram will see if he can get a little bit of work, but not startable there. This is not old school Kamara and Ingram in this uh, backfield, but yeah, the Saints defense, Kamara Hill, it's really the only place you could go in this game. But Hill, if he plays with that running, he's going to be in the conversation for QB1 on the back. And that's just how good this matchup is and how good Hill gets treated in this offense when he's fully healthy. And Kamara should smash it as well as against Sunland. I know they've been pretty good against the run in general, but you can get uh, Kamar in open space and uh, get volume and really beat their linebackers in coverage here. So I think Kamar and Hill have big games together here. But again, good luck finding a receiver that you can trust here with no Thomas for the rest of the season on New Orleans. All right, let's uh, turn our attention to the Raiders-Giants game. This is a 46 home runner, so about uh, 4.5 more points here than our previous game. The Giants are three-point underdogs, so kind of surprising the Raiders... Probably the cross-country situation here. Las Vegas going all the way to New York, but the Giants are coming off a short week. They played on Monday night at Kansas City. The Raiders had a bye in Week 8, so none of the travel issues that come into play here. Derek Carr coming out a bye. The big unfortunate news for the Raiders, and this is really unfortunate because of what happened and loss of life here. Henry Ruggs III, a DUI that resulted in vehicular death on the other side. Ugly, ugly situation. The Raiders did the right thing. They dumped Henry Ruggs. It's just inconceivable to do something like that. And uh, again, it's uh, really... Really bad to hear what happened with Ruggs and a really bad judgment call on him. So the Raiders had to move on here with Brian Edwards and Hunter Renfro here as their top wide receiver. So Edwards has an opportunity here to really run with it. I mean, Edwards kind of just needed to be the guy here. I think he's just a better overall receiver than Ruggs was anyway for this particular offense. Uh, so no Ruggs' career might be finished at this point. I, I would be shocked if any team even wants to go near this guy at this point. First round pick... Uh, really quick uh, demise in the, of his value here in a really sad situation there. So let's look at uh, Edwards and what he can do. And he, He's got a good catch radius. He can go up and get the ball. He had a touchdown the last game against the Eagles, so he should be busy. You do have James Bradbury, so that's a little bit of a concern that uh, he's going to be the number one target on the outside. But you can also see Bradbury at uh, Derek Waller. Travis Kelsey was bottled up by this Giants defense last week, but I think that's just uh, not... The way we look at uh, this uh, situation with Darren Waller, he's fully healthy. He's been banged up. That's kind of slowed him down in recent weeks. We saw, however, the tight end is a big part of what the Raiders do regardless. It was Fabian Moreau stepping in in that great matchup against the Eagles and producing. So Waller should be back to being a baller this week. He's a a top three tight end for me in this return. Again, Edwards is is a bit of a sleeper, but I look at him more as a wide receiver with three flex, where I think Hunter Renfro is going to be a big... uh, beneficiary here. Tyreek Hill plays a little in the slot, and he had a big, busy game there against the uh, Giants in Week 8. So you figure this is a Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, worked the middle of the field game for Derek Carr, who also I like. is a nice QB one this week. Uh, he's been putting up QB number one numbers all season. Kind of a relief that uh, you have no John Gruden anymore, because that uh, has opened up the offense here. Greg Olson really going to the right guy, so I think also not having rugs is going to help things as well because it's going to be a lot of Edwards, Renfro, and Waller. We can streamline this passing game a little bit more here for the, the Raiders want to do in fantasy football. I think you'll also see an expanded role for Kenyon Drake, his quickness in the open field. Drake has really come on here to be a bigger weapon, to complement Josh Jacobs, as everyone thought when they signed him, but he was kind of reined in and kind of had a useless role there with Gruden in there, but now... Drake is available, so someone to watch catching passes as well underneath there this week and working there. Josh Jacobs, a good matchup for him. So I'm looking at Josh Jacobs as an RB2 this week. Flexes, you look at uh, in more shallow leagues, maybe look at Drake as a running back that gets key touches here. You have Edwards in that position. Renfro again bumps up in PPR leagues to wide receiver two. I think that's how busy he's going to be. And Carr, I think, was looking really good. And I also like the Raiders' defense as a streamer this week. Giants uh, were a little sloppy, gave up some sacks. Takeaways not as big of a game, but the Raiders tend to be aggressive, go after big plays. I think it's a good matchup for them overall, with their young corners. They'll go after it. You got uh, Max Crosby in the pass rush. I think he's going to get after it as well. This Giants offensive line are really struggling here. So, like the Raiders defense is a streamer this week, and Daniel Carlson, if you wanted your kicker. You've got another one here, Justin Tucker and him coming back from buys here. Uh, He should be starting every league every week, just like Tucker. Now let's go to the Giants side of things. What do I like on the Giants? That's a good question. Devontae Booker is where I'm going. Saquon Barkley, I would doubt he returns with the ankle issue and then the COVID-19 protocols as well. So he's got to clear both of those things to play and return this week. I don't think that's going to happen. So Devontae Booker gets one more chance, and he's going to get the key volume. No one else has really been involved here in the running or passing game, filling in for Barkley out of the backfield. So, feel good about Devontae Booker picking up up at least another very good yardage day. Always a chance to score there. The wide receiver core, we're going to be without Sterling Shepard for sure. New injury for him was a quad. I would be shocked if Kenny Galladay returns from his hyperextended knee this week. Kadarius Toney looks okay. He's got a different type of injury. So, you're looking at Kadarius Toney leading this uh, Giants uh, offense once again. They can move him around the slot, so... If you need Tony as a wide receiver three, I think it makes a lot of sense here, especially with Galladay and Shepard down, Darren Slayton and John Ross. Uh, really, Dante Pettis is also hurt as well. So I don't think Slayton and Ross are really uh, kind of guys that you're going to look at here to uh, have impact here, but Tony certainly should get a lot of targets here from uh, one uh, Daniel Jones, uh, Evan Ingram, again, they might need to go with Ingram quite a bit here. The Raiders can be giving against the tight end. We've seen that with their numbers. So it could be a lot of Ingram and Tony targeted here by Jones just by the nature of uh, having no Galladay, no Shepard, likely no Pettis. It really counts to go there. They're going to have to put it up, and the Giants are going to trail in this game, so you know that. So Booker, there you can like Booker, Tony. I wouldn't go with Daniel Jones. He disappointed last week, big time, on the road against the Chiefs. Again, every time you think it's a good spot, it's bad for Daniel Jones. The turnovers could be coming here. So let's just stick carefully with the Giants offense and go Tony and Booker. And if you need Engram here as a tight end one, you can play him this week. All right, there's a look at two of the games. We still have five more to get to on this show. And we'll do that in our final two segments, all the way through Titans-Rams on Sunday night and Bears-Steelers on Monday night. As we mentioned at the top, this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of french fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. So... For me, my neighborhood McDonald's is very friendly. I love the people there It's just around the corner. They always have the Wi-Fi. I like to maybe mix things up and work. I'm doing a lot of writing and things for sporting news and prepping for the show here in Lockdown Fantasy Football. So it's nice to have a little change of pace, get a little lunch or coffee there and uh, work through it. So I love my local McDonald's and if you need to reconnect with your local McDonald's it's. a Good time to do that right now, uh, right before the holidays, and check in and uh, see how they're doing there because uh, they're going to take care of you as well. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on fantasy football watch party? I'm loving it. Thanks so much for McDonald's for sponsoring this show. All right, and this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is also brought to you by. Get Upside. Hey fantasy football fans. Get Upside is an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon in your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back in your first tank. Some people drive a lot or making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cashback and there's no catch. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an eGift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cashback in your first drink. That's the code TOUCHDOWN to take advantage of the offer at GetUpside. All right, uh, we'll break down the next set of games here. We'll do Chargers, Eagles, and Packers Chiefs in the segment. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available to you on all platforms. All right, Chargers, Eagles, intriguing game here. The Eagles coming off a big win in Detroit over the Lions. The Chargers losing to the Patriots at home. Two and a half point favorites. Uh, Los Angeles making a long road trip out to Philadelphia. They're the favorite team here. 50. Points was the over-under. So pretty healthy number there for some fantasy football scoring. Let's start with the Chargers here. Justin Herbert really struggled last week. He did get a couple touchdowns, but the turnovers were there, limited his yardage and all that. The Patriots did that, took away the big plays. So Justin Herbert's got to be a little bit more patient this week. The Eagles are a two-deep safety team. So that means he's got to throw underneath. So I think Austin Eckler is going to have another big game. This week, uh, the Eagles can't cover him. We, DeAndre Swift, we had higher hopes for him last week. It didn't quite happen as the game got so out of hand, they had to play Jamar Jefferson there in Detroit. But Austin Eckler I think, is a better version of DeAndre Swift here. He'll get involved uh, all over the field here. The Eagles uh, have trouble linebacker. So Austin Eckler another big game, another guy that we want to look at a lot in DFS this week, by the way. So Eckler I like the way he played against the Patriots. Similar production here. It's also a Keenan Allen game. We saw last week, taking away big plays, I think Mike Williams could see a little bit of Darius Slay on the outside, so I don't see Williams having a lot of impact here. While Keenan Allen can be moved around the formation a little bit, schemed open, he's a short area guy, so a lot of short area work for Eckler and Allen, and that also opens things up for Jared Cook. We had TJ Hawkinson have a big game there last week for the Lions, so Cook should be busy in the middle of the field. That's an adjustment Joe Lombardi and this offense needs to make. They can't force things up for Mike Williams. Especially with a good interior pass rush for the Eagles, if uh, Javon Hargrave can play, Fletcher Cox out there as well. So again, take what the defense gives you. Don't just sling it downfield when it's not there. I know Justin Herbert's like likes to do that here, but this game is going to be about the shorter area receiver. So Eckler as an RB one can smash it. Keenan Allen pops up into wide receiver one to me again. So he's been rather quiet, but I think it becomes more of Allen than. Uh, Mike Williams going forward, and if you need Mike Williams, you can still play him as a wide receiver. Three, Jared Cook is a back-end tight end one for me this week, and not playing the Chargers defense, uh, some people would say that, but Eagles still move the ball pretty well here, so... And Justin Herbert back-end QB1, But you look at. On the Eagles side of things, I think Jalen Hurts is more of a back-end QB1. He didn't have a touchdown pass last week, so one of the few clunkers he's put up, but they had four rushing touchdowns that weren't him. That's a very strange anomaly there. That occurred against the Lions, so he'll put up some numbers. Again, the Chargers, an easy team to run on, so Hurt should be part of that running attack. Now, you can't trust Kenneth Gainwell, the rookie, with his usage last week. Will they use more of him? No, I think it's going to be still a lot of Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, and goal line situations to help Scott. Scott did have two touchdowns himself, but I think Scott is the guy, when you look at the usage last week and the key snaps, he was the starter. He's the guy that you look at. Jordan Howard's desperation play here, but the Chargers' run defense is bad enough where... You can maybe hope that the Eagles stick with it a little bit more and go there and realize that the Chargers' pass defense is daunting here for Jalen Hurts. And Devonta Smith is struggling. But I do really like Dallas Goddard. The Chargers have had ups and downs in covering the tight end. They were pretty good against Hunter Henry last week. But Goddard has been looking like a wide receiver the way he's played with no Zach Ertz there. Clearly Hurts... Trust Goddard more than anyone else right now. Devonta Smith going through a bit of a coverage slump now. Interesting development for the Chargers where you got two players hurting here. Uh, Michael Davis, the starting corner, and Asante Samuel Jr., the son of the former Eagle, there uh, has been pretty good in slot this season. But that could open things up here for the Eagles. The problem is you really can't trust Devonta Smith, given that he's had three great matchups in a row, really come up small. He's struggling to get open here, so. Part of his hurts is not necessarily locked into him. You also have Jalen Rieger dealing with an ankle injury. So, really, you might have to uh, pivot a different direction. Like a Quez Watkins might step up a little bit. JJ Ortega-Whiteside is banged up as well with Rieger. So, really can't look to a lot for Jalen Hurts. But the running, that's going to help Jalen Hurts And uh, Dallas Goddard, I think, finally finds the end zone here. He had a two-point conversion a couple weeks ago against the Raiders. Pretty good game last week against the Lions. It's building up to a big Dallas Goddard game. And gonna, another guy I really like in DFS this week. And I think he can finish as the top tight end on the board this week with his upside, even ahead of Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. So really like him with Smith struggling. The way this matchup is playing out here, the secondary, we'll see if those injuries uh, change things. But you still can't trust Devonta in this situation. Hurts, again, the running is going to get him there. I think he's going to find the end zone there. And he's going to find the end zone through the air once. And with his rushing total and yardage total, he'll be fine. So... I expect Herbert and Hurts to rebound here with decent outings here that put them in the top 12 in fantasy football. Not going to play the Eagles' defense as a one-time only special against the Lions last week. They took the full advantage of that, but I think Chargers will be a lot better than they were against the Patriots offensively in this one this week. The next game we'll talk about, this one was another piece of big news here from the week. It uh, broke after we recorded a matchup Wednesday that Aaron Rodgers has... Put on the COVID nineteen list. He's going to miss this game. Sad thing to find out that he was unvaccinated because he's not available, and he's now put himself in a questionable situation for the Seahawks next week. Because the earliest he can be cleared is the day before the game, November thirteenth. So, it's going to be tough here to expect Aaron Rodgers to play next week, let alone this week. So. Let's look at uh, the Packers with Jordan Love. I mean, Jordan Love, you could do a lot worse. He's got a lot of weapons here. Someone's got to throw to Devontae Adams and Al Lazard. We presume all those guys, speaking of COVID-19, will turn from the list to from the mini-buy as they played on Thursday against the Cardinals in Week 8. So expect them to return. That's going to help Jordan Love put up some numbers. He's quite mobile, so he could run a little bit and produce that way. You also uh, had a development there where you lost Robert Tunyon. That really hurts. Uh, You don't have that security blanket tight end for a century rookie quarterback. I know he's in his second year as a first-rounder, but this is like his rookie season. Didn't get any sniff of playing time last year. So, again, that hurts. So so they're going to have to kind of uh, put it together between Josiah Degara and Mercedes Lewis. So nothing to see there. If you're desperate, you could go in one of those directions there. For Degara's the better athlete, but Mercedes Lewis might be the better red zone guy. So... Pretty ugly there. I think you'll also see Randall Cobb be a little bit busier here with Tunyon down. Do I recommend Cobb? No, not with the quarterback change with Love. Maybe Rodgers in there. If you're desperate, I might look at him as a more wide receiver three or flex. But Alan Lazard is a tougher guy to trust now with Love in there. Devontae Adams, to me, stays in wide receiver one. I think you're going to have a Love uh, targeting him above everyone else pretty frequently in this one. So Adams is going to be the security blanket with no Tunyon here for sure. So I like Adams to produce here as a wide receiver. One, you're taking your chances with any, anybody else in this passing game. I also think it's going to be a big Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon game. Again, like the Cardinals game. Let's hope we can get a touchdown from A.J. Dillon. That's the only way he's playable if you're desperate at running back. But Aaron Jones should smash it as a runner and receiver. Another big game for him in store. It makes a lot of sense. The Chiefs really struggled with running backs, uh, either rushing or receiving. And the Packers need to play keep away, grind the clock a little bit protect Jordan Love, so another guy we're targeting maybe in DFS, but Aaron Jones should have a big, big role in this game, and a lot of it's going to flow through Jones and Adams this week, you can bet that to help the rookie quarterback get there in a hostile environment in Arrowhead Stadium there against Kansas City so Jordan Love, again, streamer deeper leagues, QB you can look at DFS, he's definitely a bargain now that you can look at because of the price points being set before it was clear that he was starting, so all that good stuff there for Jordan Love Again, Adams and Jones, where I'm starting. If you're desperate, you against start, Dylan, but to really get the numbers, you're going to have to get a touchdown there in Kansas City. Seven and a half point favorites, the Chiefs were two and a half, but the Rodgers news changed it, and the over-under, of course, went down to 47 and a half. So, starts the Chiefs principles. Tyreek Hill's fine. I mean, they're having a lot of issues, but uh, Tyreek Hill keeps producing. He has the most reception in the NFL. He's very productive at this side of Cooper Cup. The most reliable in uh, fantasy football. There, so Tyreek Hill is going to get going. I think this is a bounce back spot for Travis Kelsey, of course, at home. I'm not going to extend to Mikael Hardman or any other weapons like that, but I think you could play the backfield here easily. Daryl Williams was involved a lot in the passing game last week against the Giants, and not so much in the running game where we got Derek Gorg had a key series there and look like the power back. So looks like that's how it's going to be here. But I can also see the Chiefs running a little bit more after last week's success. So Williams uh, should catch some passes, and the one, to have some value. If you're looking for the touchdown, maybe the better rushing yardage, you might have to look at Derek Gore this week. So looking at them more as flex plays now that they're sharing it here for the Chiefs. Kelsey, again, I think you'll finally get the Kelsey-like game again here this week. And Hill's going to have his usual Hill-like game. But extend at your own risk here with this game. Again, 47 half not the same shootout we might have expected had Rodgers been there to duel. Patrick Mahomes. And uh, staying away from the defense is still in this game. I'm not playing the Chiefs versus Jordan Love because they're okay with Ginsano Jones. But again, the Packers are schemed well with Matt LaFleur. They'll find a way to move the ball efficiently in this one. We're back and better than ever. New web interface for the start of the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action of the season. Head to our new updated Desktop or mobile website is time today. Receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the twenty twenty one season. But online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. But online, where the game starts. All right, let's uh, close the show looking at our final three games. Another 425 p.m. Eastern Time window game we have is the Cardinals and 49ers. The Cardinals are one-point road favorites here in San Francisco. 45 and a half is the over. It was a disappointing first matchup in Arizona between these teams. Very low scoring, less than 20 points on each side. Let's look at the Cardinals here. Kyler Murray says he's going to be fine through the ankle injury. Cliff Kingsbury said he can play without practicing at all. So, again, so don't worry too much about Kyler Murray. The matchup is pretty decent. You just want him to do a little bit more here. The problem here for Murray is DeAndre Hopkins has a hamstring issue. He probably shouldn't have played there against the Packers, but we know he's a gamer. But, but that might have been a detriment here to aggravation. So DeAndre Hopkins always plays, and we can have some confidence he could go. But there's also a slight chance that that does not happen here. So what does that mean here? You have uh, no... Uh, potential for A.J. Green here because he's on the COVID-19 list. So you might not have Hopkins. You may not have A.J. Green. So Christian Kirk may be the number one target here and a little bit extra of Rondell Moore you'd figure if there's no Hopkins or Green for sure. So And that also bumps up Zach Ertz at tight end. So Something to watch there but Green very iffy to play. Hopkins very iffy to play. Murray feel good about playing but where's he going to throw to and he's not running either. So maybe they have to realize look we got Kyler Murray. I know he's got an ankle issue, but we've got to run him a little bit more. That's that's a problem. I mean, he hasn't been running when healthy, so I don't know if you can expect him to run with the ankle here. So there's that. I think you'll see a lot of Kirk and Moore should Hopkins and Green miss this. And uh, you also have a lot of use of the backs Chase Edmonds and James Conner. They seem to get it done every week. Edmonds through. The rushing and receiving totals, and last week he finally scored a touchdown his first of season. James Conner has just been a scoring machine to close drives for the Cardinals. So both those guys are definitely playable. Here, more is uh, RB2slash flexes as usual. Again, let's watch the receiver situation. Should Hopkins play, he usually destroys the 49ers, so he'd be a back end wide receiver one, uh, borderline wide receiver two this week. Green, I can't extend. I mean, he's just been hit or miss. He's had some big games. Last week was a disaster where he missed that route that could have been a touchdown that turned into the game-sealing interception. Last week, Christian Kirk missed on a long ball. So Kyler Murray's playing a little bit off. I don't know if the ankle is going to rewrite. I think you still have to play him if he's out there because that means he's good enough to go. The 49ers matchup is not as daunting as you'd think anymore. And, and the other reason why, if Murray's feeling okay on the ankle, we saw Justin Fields did, there, you can run on the 49ers. They have some linebacker issues uh, with your quarterback. So, again, I think Cliff Kingsbury needs to make the adjustment. I know Kyler is all about I need to be a passing quarterback, and I'm into that. But sometimes you have to do what's needed to make plays when you're a little bit shorthanded here. So, yeah, tough conundrum there with the ankle and maybe not having the receivers out there for Murray. If you have a good alternative, you can go in that direction this week. I uh, wouldn't be disappointed if you do that. But let's watch the wide receivers to see if we play there, but Ertz is the must-play regardless here, given the situation for the Cardinals. There. The 49ers do struggle against the tight end, especially with Kowalski Tart, who's uh, back on injured reserve here. He's not playing, and Jimmy Ward also might not be out there. So I do see Ertz being very busy here, as well as uh, Moore and Kirk trying to pick up the slack for those two Green and Hopkins if they don't play. Now let's look at the 49ers situation here. Debo Samuel, he's got the calf issue. He's played through it. He played really well through it last week against the Bears. So no issues with with, uh, Debo Samuel. He's the man. You can't really trust anyone else in the passing game. We'll see if George Kittle can return here. Ross Dwelly and other guys have not really been productive here at tight end since he's been gone with the calf injury. But the injury reserve return window has been open for George Kittle. Let's see. uh, There's some hope here from Jimmy Garoppolo and others that Kittle can be in the lineup this week. In a very critical game against the Cardinals that they need to win. That's going to mean Kittle goes right back into tight end. One status here. Demos Svamiel, one of the top wide receivers on the board. Top five play here this week uh, if he goes, which we fully expect to happen. Elijah Mitchell, let's watch him with the ribs injury here. Didn't practice earlier the week. They're pain managing him a little bit. And it's the ribs. It's not something that uh, necessarily can keep you out that's uh, more nagging. But let's watch that. I think they would pivot more to Jermichael Hasty. The interesting thing is that Jeff Wilson Jr., his return window has also been activated here with the knee injury. He had a meniscus issue. He could be involved here, so this could really complicate things. So Trey Sermon may never really get on the field here, even with Mitchell maybe going down again. He had two decent games when Mitchell couldn't play there early when uh, Raheem Mostert lost for the season. Again, Wilson coming back would be interesting. Hasty might have some value, but Do you really want to trust Kyle Shannon if it's like a hasty Wilson sermon type deal? Uh, Good luck with that. But for now, we're optimistic that uh, Eli Mitchell can play through that uh, ribs injury this week for the 49ers. Again, Samuel, elite wide receiver one. George Kittle, if he plays, you're playing him. 49ers D, you could look at if they have some limitations more with Kyler Murray there that uh, you could go with them. They're at home. The Cardinals D also against Jimmy Garoppolo has some appeal in this one as well. Alright, so that takes care of that game. It's uh, 45 and a 45.5 over under, so limited there. This game bumps it up to 53 and a half. This is the Sunday night game between the Titans and Rams. The Rams are seven and a half point favorites at home. So interesting matchup here for Sunday night. Let's start with the Titans. We know the big news was Derrick Henry going down here for probably the season with his foot fracture here. So how do they replace him? That's something we're gonna watch here. A lot of people are on Jeremy McNichols, but I just see Jeremy McNichols being a pass-catching back. He's going to have that role, and that could lead to a lot of touches in this game as the Rams have a positive game script here and could be playing with a lead. But they're going to get Adrian Peterson involved. They need someone to power on the ball because that sets up their play-action passing game. We've seen Adrian Peterson, whether it's uh, with Washington or Detroit, when he's needed and they give him touches, he usually finds a way to produce, and he's always a threat to reel off a long run, even at his age. So something to watch there, but I'm thinking they're going to be pretty easy, but even between Peterson and McNichols. You don't, can't really predict game script in all these situations. We tried to do that a couple of weeks with the Lions and Rams game. We couldn't do that at all, so that could be a stretch there. But I would feel a little bit better about Peterson because he can get the touchdown, where McNichols, I, it really comes down to the receiving core, but I don't know if they're going to throw as much to him as we think if he has to take on a little bit more running duties in this game. So... Start them at your own risk. I think you have to look at them more at flex plays this week. Now, A.J. Brown, we're a little bit concerned about because Julio Jones says in the hamstring, we'll see if he can return. He was limited practice early here. That would help because Jalen Ramsey might deflect his attention a little bit. But you look at uh, A.J. Brown, probably seeing a lot of Jalen Ramsey. He's red hot here. Brown running all over the field for Tannehill. So, again... Tannehill is going to have some opportunity for some garbage points in this game, for sure. I mean, the Rams struggle a little bit in their back seven coverage, especially in the middle field. So maybe a little bit more work for the tight ends in this one. Maybe the inside receivers, McNichols and all that with checkdowns. And uh, Tannehill can also run, and that could uh, cause some problems for the Rams. So Tannehill's not too bad here if you need him. You know, the Rams, uh, but uh, watch that Ramsey situation with Brown. That could really contain the Titans' uh, dynamic here, young receiver, in this uh, game for sure. And again, Jones would really help just to give them another threat. I don't know if I would play Jones this week, but I think you want Jones out there to help Brown for sure in this matchup. And again, Tannehill back in QB1, borderline in some cases. If you can't avoid him, I would, but I think he has some potential in this one if you really need him this week. Now, from the ramp side of things, Matthew Stafford is a high-end QB1. against gets a secondary. Got Robert Woods dealing with a bit of a foot issue. I think he's going to manage it and play here for the Rams. They're really good at doing that with their players. Cooper Cup has a great, great matchup again. What else is new in the slot? He can dominate uh, outside as well in this one. So Woods and Cup can really tear it up as well as Van Jefferson. A big play waiting to happen. So all three Rams receivers should be involved quite a bit. The Titans are actually pretty decent against the run. So Daryl Henderson, I would limit my expectations. I would also think that Sonny Michelle is going to get any key touches in this one because the game script has to go perfectly planned. I don't think that happens necessarily in this one. So Darrell Henderson, more of an RB2 this week. Robert Woods bumps up to a high end wide receiver two. Cooper Cup is always a wide receiver one. Van Jefferson is wide receiver three appeal. Not going to Tyler Higby. They just don't need him when they're stretching the field. The Titans are pretty good against, against the tight end with uh, Kevin Byard in coverage there for Tennessee. So it's all going to be about the wide receivers in the matchup. So Stafford to Cup, Woods and Jefferson. That'll be big. We'll see if Deshaun Jackson returns, but still more interested in Jefferson and Jackson at this point. In the Rams' offense, Henderson, again, should be rather productive. Always has a chance to score a touchdown and get involved in the passing game. But again, you have temporary expectations given how good the Titans' run defense can be. The 53.5, I like that number quite a bit to extract some good points from this game, even without Derrick Henry and the brown Ramsey matchup from both sides. All right, last game we'll talk about is Monday Night Football, the Bears at the Steelers. The Steelers are six and a half point favorites at home. The over-under, ooh, it's 40 points. That's pretty low here, we know that. So it could be an ugly defensive game, but let's start with the Bears here. Now, I think you can't start a wide receiver. The Steelers do have some difficulty there. I think you can look at Darnell Mooney. He's taken over over Allen Robinson. He's the guy that Justin Fields trusts the most. I'm not going to start Fields on the road in this one. The Steelers' defense, tough, could be ugly with the turnovers, low scoring over under here. So if I'm going to start one Bears wide receiver, it's Darnell Mooney. You can't look at anything at tight end. You can't real feel good about Allen Robinson in this game after his Terrible first half of the season so far. Just really nothing on the fantasy football radar for Robinson and no signs that that's going to change anytime soon. So the other thing we'll watch is David Montgomery. Does he return here for the Bears? So over Khalil Herbert. I'd feel better playing David Montgomery than Herbert. Here's why. I think Herbert could be limited running back in this one. The Seals are pretty good against the run. I'm not sure either if David Montgomery returns. If he'll be limited and given the way Herbert's played, they'll make it a committee and still involve Damian Williams who's a little bit banged up here as well. So it could be rather messy here if they love Herbert. And the new coaching staff that's waiting in the wings behind this, the old coaching staff doesn't care. They said, okay, we're just going to play Herbert and Montgomery, see what we've got, and go there. That would kill all their value here in a pretty tough matchup against the Steelers run defense. So Montgomery I'd feel a little bit better about playing than Herbert for sure if that came down to it this week. And the M- Mooney's the only other place I'm going. Not going to trust Fields on the road. In a very hostile environment in Heinz Field against a very swarming uh, pass rush and pretty good secondary, but enough vulnerable enough there where Mooney can be productive here in garbage time for one Justin Fields. Bears defense, you got to sit them. They have more safety issues here. Tashawn Gibson's been hurting. Eddie Jackson is hurting. Uh, you have Khalil Mack ready to miss another game here for the Bears. So it takes out a lot of playmakers here on the road. I don't like playing defenses on the road in prime time. Especially against the Steelers team that's been pretty clean in the winning here of late. Now for the Steelers, I think you have to look at uh, their principles. and go with them. Najee Harris in there as an RB1 just based on the usage. You also have uh, Chase Claypool. The Bears can be vulnerable to give up big plays. Deontay Johnson at wide receiver. So wide receiver 2 there for Johnson. Wide receiver 3 for Claypool. You do have uh, Jalen... Johnson, a pretty good cover corner for the Bears. He could move around and uh, face Claypool at times, face Johnson at times, but he can't cover both of them. So that's where I look at Johnson wide receiver 2, Claypool wide receiver 3. It's a tough matchup here for Pat Freemuth. I would uh, pivot off him. I think there are some ways you can use him, but the Bears are pretty good against the tight end. But their safety is missed time and no Mac. You might be able to pilfer a touchdown out of Freemuth if you're desperate this week with a bye week situation or whatever you're dealing with. But yeah, the principles here are Harris, RB1, Johnson and Claypool coming in as wide receiver two and wide receiver three. I'm not going to tie that to Ben Roethlisberger at all. So again, I think the 40 over under is legitimate that this could be an ugly low scoring game there on Monday night and uh, most of it coming from the Steelers side of things here to close week nine. That closes our look at the matchups of week nine here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first lesson every day. Don't forget we will close the week tomorrow with our lineup Friday show. That means we're Going to take everything to learn with these matchups, so put them in a DFS blender and spit out the best return on investment targets there for DraftKings and FanDuel, whether playing cash, games, or tournaments. Here on the main slate in week number nine, we'll also have the injury updates you need to know, and plus any relevant takeaways there for fantasy football that you need to know about from tonight's Jets Colts game. Now make your second list of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson Give you the expert in an NFL analysis in less than thirty minutes. It's a free and available to you on all platforms. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Good luck to you, everyone, going Thursday, and we'll finish the week tomorrow with you on Lineup Friday.